Hello. Hi. How are good you? Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. I am wearing my um my memorial t-shirt to the Kansas City Airport. The greatest airport ever created, no. which is no more. And we're uh. gonna have a sad about it, but that's okay. I we have a new airport, and I guess that's all right. Yeah, but are that you, airport are, looks like Epcot Center. It does look like <laughs> Epcot Center, doesn't it? Right? Well, so it was brilliantly designed for 1971. <laughs> right. Because okay. uh, when I was reading about it, the entire design was like the planes park out here and the cars go in the roundabout inside. So you literally, your car pulls up literally and you could look through and see your plane from right. your car. Right. And so Some, like somebody was ambitious. When I was a kid, you would get out of the car and literally walk onto the airplane, mm -hmm. like with nothing in between you and the airplane. Right, it would right. just, and that was the design. Like it was supposed to be super efficient. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, they opened it and six months later was the first hijacking and it immediately started to like fall apart. Like the whole idea of it fell apart. Right. right basically right. immediately. Um, but obviously the past, uh, I guess, 20 years now, it has been not the most efficient airport. <laughs> yeah. That's... Uh, so we finally have a modern one and, uh, uh, but but I mourn this because, like our friend Brian Puckett, when he came when he came the first time to visit, he was like, "Well, how will I, how will I find you in the airport?" And I was like, "Oh no, I'll see you." And he was like, "What do you even mean by I'll see you?" And I was like, "No, I'll literally see you at your gate and wave at you." Yeah. And he was like, "How could that be?" And then he understood when he got here. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that that is something I often think about. I often think about that. Um, the uh, the alternate universe where shit's cool. Well, well, no, really, like how like people's attempts at at making cool shit, right? And oh. like, at, like when governments get involved, it's just sort of like a a, a full steam ahead, like a bulldozer, right? That just plows through whatever's in the way, um, which for better or for worse, right? So like. They, you know, once the money, once the, once they put money behind that airport, that was it for the next 30, 40 years. <laughs> right? right? Like, <laughs> like who um, had $3 billion laying around to build a new one or whatever it cost? I don't remember. Right. But, so it's just yeah. like, you know, and so I, I think of that a lot. Like when I'm, I've mentioned this before on the show, like uh, uh, driving to Lower Wacker, which is the underground highway in, in Chicago. Um, yeah. Which, which is just like the most disastrous, it's the most disastrous thing ever. And every time I, every time I end up doing a um, set of shows in Chicago, uh, it, like in the city proper in the loop, I end up on this highway, I end up on this underground highway. And it's always just such a pain. It's like another world down there. Yeah. Um, but like, is it and I want, that you, you know, get like trapped on it and then there's like no way out of the tunnel? Yeah, right. So Gosh. you go, yeah, yeah, it's so bad. It's so bad. And then the GPS, the GPS. It has no idea where you are. 
it has no idea where you are. So it tells you, so, so, but it always suggests that you go, that you use it, but it doesn't make it clear sometimes it's that you're getting onto it. And so like, yeah, the, you know, the GPS is like, to, you know, take, no one's on, no one's on lower Wacker right now. So you should use that highway as opposed or that set of roads as opposed to just being above ground. It's like, no one's on it because you, no one can, no one's GPS is connected to Google right now. Right. They're all underground. That's, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's just like, I don't know. Like I appreciate the ambition. You know, like yeah. that's, that's where I have to leave it. Right. Cause you know, being just frustrated with life all the time is it can take a toll. So it's like, I appreciate the ambition, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll endure this for this moment and just think like, man, whoever designed this sure had a set on him. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway, so today, um, we're here and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about training. So like, yeah. we spent a lot of time, we spent a lot of time talking about training. We spent a lot of time talking about, um, programming, self development, uh, mindset, man, like the, the sky's the limit when it comes to, um, ways that we could attack the topic. But, but today I wanted to focus our attention on specific types of training, like club training. Um, so right. like, like how we, how we organize, I mean, it could be club and it could be private one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, but generally the idea of how to organize our training to optimize the use of everybody's time, right? Like, what are we, what are we going to get the most out of? What's going to be the most valuable? Um, and, and yeah. so there's a lot of presumptions in there, right? So, uh, we can go, so we, many. Can, we can go into some of the considerations. Um, but we've also spent a lot of time on, so like, I don't want to get too bogged down and, and so there's like, huh, so we'll get these out of the way. Right. So there's a consideration of HEMA, right? So the, the idea that, um, part of what part of what we're offering is like how we're connecting our physical movement in a modern three-dimensional space uh to a historical art right like how we're like that's a part of our project right and so that's going to be uh that's going to be something to consider uh and then also there's the question that we addressed or we we kind of broached last week which is the idea that uh, we are philosopher swordsmen that we are right. using, we're using this practice as a way of grounding our, all of our experience and, yeah. and, the, and to develop ourselves in a, in a, in a, in as much of a holistic way as we can. And so right. like those, those two things are super important and we've spent a lot of time with them uh, and we'll, and we can, we can nod at them as we're having this discussion, but I want to, I want to kind of focus the discussion, uh, or, or at least not like get bogged down in those, in those topics. Right. So today we're yeah. going to talk about like training, but like yeah. everything, everything training. So like various methods, for example, drilling sure. versus, versus games, sure. uh, versus, you know, non-cooperative drilling versus cooperative drilling. 
um, mm. and 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 all, and a bunch of other uh, ways that have been talked about in a lot of literature that's been making its way around hemicircles for the last several years, uh, or just like sports science, you know, all of that type of thing. Um, and sure. I want to talk about what you know, what you do, what we do, um, and uh, and sort of how it is that we're what it is that we're considering when we're programming our training, mm. etc. Right? Like we could spend, mm -hmm. we get like, you know, <laughs> right. that's so, a whole podcast. Right, right, for sure. We did one. So we talked about like a brand new student, right? You had a um, brand new student walk in the door and we talked about what, what it was that, how, how you attacked that problem initially, right? Yeah. Which is sort of, an assessment. So we can begin there. Um, we can begin with assessment and then, and then let's get into some of the various, uh, things that we do in our clubs. I'll, I'll begin. I'll let you begin. <laughs> Very, I do a lot of various things. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> I mean, with the setup, the setup you've given, how do I want to think about it? Um, I will say that I think, and we're going to talk about like physical realities of what we're doing and how we're working with people for sure. But I want to start by like peeling back the layers of the onion when we lay out cooperative drilling versus non-cooperative drilling versus games versus uh, internal martial arts, medicine, work, meditative mm -hmm. spaces versus, right? And I think, I think it's easy to be like, okay, I was at this class and I really liked it. And I'm going to frame what we did as this and then set up a straw man that's the opposite that is that. And then I'm going to go argue about it on the internet with other people that train, right? And so, like, like what is a cooperative drill versus a non-cooperative drill, right? And I think people straw man the shit out of both sides of those until they're utterly meaningless to what anybody actually does in their class, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe some people do take these things to an extreme, which is nonsensical. But um, <clears throat> for me, I focus on creating, whether it feels more like a game or feels more like a drill, to me, that's a very blurred line as well. Um, I... I like to try to make all of the inputs have realistic context. And what I mean by realistic isn't like on the streets realism, yeah. but, right. but sensible context, right? right? So I don't know uh, if, if I want you to work against uh, uh, I don't know, long point. I, I, I hold my sword out in front of me with my point at you and I want you to get to work against that. 
and I put literally zero energy. So it's just a floppy noodle out there. Like what context is this representing that helps anybody? Probably right. none. Right? right. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help you, etc. Well, uh, well, no, I, I, I might say that that that's that's that particular context is realistic enough, and as much as that's something that you might you might encounter, right? So, sure. like, that now you wouldn't want to um, spend too much time on it because you won't encounter it too very often. Right? I guess, but it, yeah. But it does, but it does actually do. I mean, it does happen. But the, but to your point, right? The idea is like, what are we? So so before we. Before we think about what we're gonna do mm. for to train, sure, we have to think about the environment that we're training for. Right. Right. So, you know, right. so Contact. whatever it is, right, exactly. Yeah. Whatever it is that we're trying to develop within ourselves, um, at whatever level of development that we're on, uh, we have to have a sense of the app of the sort of the application i i almost i so i want to so i want to say like i want to say the ultimate application but i don't mean that i i i only mean that in terms of the way that we're framing the thing um to its level of proficiency that we are interested in achieving right okay. so like when i say the ultimate application i don't mean that that this action or this technique or whatever is as polished as it could ever need to be. Right. Yes. I don't mean that. Right. Because that's, because I think we both believe that that's not, a, that's not a thing, right? Like you don't, right. Yeah. You can always make something better and it's just a question of what you want to make better. Right. right. Um, and then and, until eventually your body just stops doing things better. Right. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like, so we say like, okay, this is a skill that we want to be able to perform. Um, right. So we say like, what is the, what is the application that we're looking to attain proficiency in? Right. Sure. So that might be, I want to be able to perform this technique in a context in which uh, my training partner can feed me various stimuli and I am isolating one particular stimuli given one set of conditions to perform this technique, right? Like I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to choose that stimuli out of a set and perform this action in time, in rhythm, with feeling. Right. right? We say like it could be great. It could be like not as well executed or whatever, but like let's say that's my training goal, right? Sure. So, so then we take it back and then we figure out how mm -hmm. do we design our training environment mm -hmm. to lead us to that eventuality, right? Which is our right. point. Right. Yeah. And I think like, I, I mean, I'm trying to think about even, even less complex situations because frankly, fencing is fucking hard and complex. It is, it's not a simple thing to talk about or to do, <laughs> uh, uh, especially for the kind of conversations we're having. But like, if I want to teach a kid to catch a ball like that, let's do that. Cause that's easy to talk about. Right. Right. Like, 
obviously the ball they need to understand what they're doing right 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 right. so start so if we use this baseball analogy right let's do this okay play catch we yeah so so you could say all right here's here's our like you could take a kid and you say welcome to the baseball team here's the goal you need to be able to field this ground ball and throw it to first quickly there it is there right? it is um, quickly efficiently etc right yeah. uh, right and then but then it's like okay kids never it doesn't even know what first is yeah right yeah doesn't never held a glove doesn't can't throw can't you know right it's like let's before we start trying to field this ground ball right which implies there's a batter which implies there's a pitcher which implies there's a game going on and right. throw it to first which implies that you understand the nature of the game right how about we play catch yeah. <laughs> right let's can, can you catch the ball no right you can't you get hit in the face great every time <laughs> <laughs> right yes. um so so i guess so, so so step one is sort of as a coach figuring out what the what and this is what i mean when i say ultimate ultimate application right i yeah. don't mean like the the pinnacle of your ability i just mean like okay like what is the training what is the environment that we're sort of looking at mm-hmm. All right and then we say okay what is the level of skills that this person has in this moment right um, right and and, and you yeah. might you might start the kid like in the infield, like mm-hmm. tossing the ball along the ground, because then it isn't going to do that weird popping up and hit you in the face bullshit that it does out in the outfield, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and like you're gonna you're gonna gradually add add these pieces of complexity, but you're not you're yeah you aren't going to be like, hey, this is this is our goal to throw it there after you get it and just fucking start lobbing it at them. And praying they work it out. Right, right, right. So I'm going to revisit this uh, quote that um, that you you already brought up, Brian. Today we we're talking about tournaments, and we we're talking about for a lot of people, tournaments are a fire hose of shit that I'm not good at. Yeah. Um, and that's like my favorite quote ever. Right, like the last thing that we ever need to do. I think I think like the first principle of of an effective training mode mm-hmm. is to not hose people down with a fire hose of shit that they're not good at. Right. 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 Um, so regardless of whether or not we're drilling, we're moving through the basic movement pattern, we're interacting with the environment. Um, I think the goals for the person need to be like measurable yeah and attainable sure yeah right absolutely right um and that that goes to you know you mentioned assessment right mm-hmm. and and whether we're uh, self-assessing or or our coach or our training partners are assessing us or a little bit of both is what's usually happening right um you know you there has to be that period of assessment like where where are we at mm-hmm. 
you know, do you have, I don't, I don't know, some sort of physical limitation that you're not going to be springing with a crumpow, but you need to learn a crumpow. Mm-hmm. So do I need to get a spring into you or do I need to get you crumping in a way that you'll have some amount of success, you know, without the best footwork, you know, what, mm-hmm. what are we bringing in? How are we playing that? And that's, that's all in the assessment phase, right? Mm-hmm. You know, cause arguably you need to, you know, bring all of those pieces up, but uh, in what order, at what time, how do they get brought up? Like that's, I think that's where people get into the weeds about it, you know? Right. Like there's right. one right way. Right. Well, so there's an, so yeah, there's an art, I think, right? Like, mm-hmm. like coaching, training, developing yourself, all of those are their own art, right? So like. For sure. Uh, so art is defined by the choices that we make, right? Sure. So, and there are correct or uh, you know we, we say correct but sort of the difference between good art and bad art would be like the correctness or the efficacy of the choices that you make to achieve the goal that you're looking to achieve right so like and there's no right way right? Yeah. there's no right way there's the there's what you bring to the table and the choices you make right right, right. yeah um and so like so that so let's talk about games so let's talk about games versus sure. drilling right and whether and like what the benefit of games are and, and then what the benefit of drilling is mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how and how we kind of uh well how we, okay how we analyze them side by side go ahead yeah, and I mean, if we're going to think about that, let's think about it uh, uh, in terms of uh, language acquisition. Because, again, I, I, like, fencing's too fucking hard, right? Yeah. But if, if we think about <clears throat> many people want to frame a drill as being a rote memorization process, <clears throat> right? Yeah. So you're not really engaging your creativity. You're not really engaging... Uh, much of anything, you're simply, uh, you know, again, this is, this is an extreme framing, but it gets framed this way in conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the equivalent of you handing me 10 uh, Spanish words and being like, memorize these and I'll see you next week, mm-hmm. right? And like, so what do I do? I read over them a bunch. I, you know, I maybe flashcard myself, blah, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So if that's a drill, you know, then a game could be any sorts of thing. But the idea was would be that it would be engaging a creative use uh, or our own mental creativity, uh, an idea of fun. Right. An idea of exploration. Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So there's two things. So there's, so there's art and there's play. So, so, sure. So the, those are, those are distinct, uh, but they often um, kind of most often go hand, hand in hand. Right. Like, um, so it's like, it's possible to engage in art without engaging in play. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you can not be, you can be making all of the choices that you know, like you know how they're going to play out. And that's why you choose them because you're looking to achieve a goal in this moment. 
-hmm. right? Versus you make you make choices with the intention of discovery, right? Like, so my right. goal isn't to achieve the goal, um, to achieve something else necessarily. My goal is to expose myself to how my choices play out in the real world. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but but the point is that uh, that we're we're talking about drilling versus. Um, and so drilling, we're, we're sort of thinking of drilling, or at least at this most basic level, we're thinking of drilling as, or you're, you're, you're sort of framing, you're framing the way that a lot of people think about drilling as the rote memorization, yes. right? Right. I'm just, I'm not applying my creativity. I'm not engaging in play. I'm really just putting in the reps. Right. Right. And devoid of context. Devoid of context, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. A lot of people frame it that that way. And so that's why I wanted to just like deal with that as the framing. Yeah. Uh that occurs in a lot of our conversation about this. Yes, 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 yes. I see. Yeah. Because and because if that because if we're gonna treat if we're gonna treat drilling that way, if we're gonna like if we're gonna we're gonna draw a box and put the word drilling in it. And then we're going to define it as being that, right? right. Then there is um, certainly diminished utility, right? Like yeah. uh, there, there is some utility to to that basic that basic program, but it loses its power very quickly. Yes, yes, right. Um, what was that? Uh, was sorry, great. it was my it was my ridiculous phone that. I apparently don't have the sound. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll work on that. But I feel like James, and I'm not going to frame it properly. But but it, do you think that um, there's a musical equivalent to again this framing of drilling, which is extreme, being like, do your scales. Right. Yeah. No, that's yeah. Actually. So uh, I don't know if it was, I don't know when you had that insight or, um, but I definitely had that insight after I heard your phone go. Burp, burp. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, oh wait, music. Right. So like music is right. exactly like, so, um, so if we like turn to other practices, right. We say, yeah. How do how do experts in other fields train? Sure. Right? How do they how do they develop their abilities within their practice? So um, most high level musicians, I say working musicians, yeah, um, or uh, you know elite performers within the domain mm -hmm. of music, will regularly work on basic movement patterns um yes just as as its own like we you know um as it as its own activity that where they remove art from the equation um right yeah you're not trying to necessarily play with all of the artfulness required to do a song well, you're maybe just working on 
whatever the yeah, chord so, progression so, as it is and where so your what, feet yeah, are and so what we the in in music we we have a term there's two terms that they're interrelated one of them is called woodshedding and the other one is called um chops so okay. they're they come from each other so the story i don't know if it's apocryphal or not it's probably apocryphal but the story is that Charlie Parker, when he was uh, between the ages of, I don't know, it was 16 and 20 or 18 and 22, it was like for four years, sure. he just decided that he was only just going to play music for 16 hours a day. Right. And where did he do it? He did it in his woodshed, right? So he had a woodshed on, on his property and he, because anyone playing the saxophone for 16 hours a day is going to. Right. I don't know if it was 16 Everyone or four. Wants to murder him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if it was 16 or four. Uh, I don't, you know, lots of people have different stories of how this went, but the bottom line sure. is uh, he went into his woodshed and, and worked on his chops. So chops are what we're talking about in terms of like your ability to perform a scale, we'll say. So yeah. in jazz, there are about a, an infinite number of scales. And yes. Charlie Parker practiced all of them to the highest degree of proficiency. Right. right? That was his thing. And so uh, that's not exactly true. He, uh, he, he wasn't as, he was a little bit more limited than some of the later people. But the bottom line is, he went in, he practiced his skills. He go, you go in and you just do your skill. You do it. Yeah. And then you do the next one. And then you do the next one until you're done with that whole, all of, all of the various permutations of that across the, across the notes available to you on your instrument. And then you do the next scale and then you can practice them in different ways. So you can go like one, three, two, four, et cetera, whatever, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Uh, those are scale degrees. And in those moments, you're not necessarily playing with art. You could play with art, right? Which is to say that you could say, I'm going to play this scale using this type of dynamic control. Or I'm going to, you know, like that would be playing with art. But there are times where it's appropriate to just do the movement patterns. Just yep. do them. Just do them. Because yep. the thing is, it's a complex thing to play music. And especially when you're Charlie Parker playing like incredible jazz music, it's a super complex thing. And you don't need to be fumbling over yourself on these scales when you're trying to make your art. Right. 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 Well, so, and I'm even thinking about like uh, on a even, well, maybe not a more basic level, but like a thing that blew my mind trying mm -hmm. to learn uke is like in order to make that chord happen, you have to push down these strings in these places. Mm -hmm. Okay. What thinkers are doing that? There's like a base, like everyone recommends these fingers are in these places. Mm -hmm. But if you're learning a specific song that goes from one chord to another chord, you might choose to frame all of that totally differently to make the progression easier. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And so there's no fucking rules, which for someone there, like me frustrated me. I mean, there yeah, are there, rules. There obviously. are rules, yeah. But, yeah. Right, right. No, no, but but you're but so like you're a right. little bit as a beginner, it feels like holy shit, it's all just you know. Well, right, right, right. So the way that you might attack that, the way that that you might attack that is you might yeah. say, okay, I'm going to play this chord, and I'm just going to see if I can play this. I'm going to go from nothing to this chord, nothing to right. this chord. I'm just going to do that 
for five minutes a day until I can just do that whatever I want to, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to go from, I'm going to go from this chord, this other chord to this chord, right? Whatever it yeah. is. Right. And you do that until you can just do it whatever you want. Um, and the way, like the first way I might attack the problem, I might start attacking the problem is just that, right? Like I'm going to yeah. learn all the chords of the song and then I'm just going to go from one to the other. And eventually I might learn the easier way, right? Like I yeah. might, uh, and because that's essentially why you might change, right? Is because there are ways that you can do it that are easier, but enough, you know, um, to go from one to the other, but, you know, sort of just learning there's no, there's never any harm in just putting in the work to do the hard thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Like right. I'm making myself do a D chord, like the hard way instead of thumbing it. Like it'd be really easy just to throw my thumb across three. Right. 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 And, and like, and maybe, maybe later in your practice, you <clears throat> are, you make that, you know, you decide that that's going to be best because of whatever. Right. But like right. just getting good enough to do the hard one is not like there's no there's never anything wrong with that. It's just a question right. of whether or not that's where you want to spend your time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so going back to the the question of training. So we're saying like, OK, there are times and ways in which developing your chops. Right. So taking a yes. thing, taking a thing that you know how to do. Right. That you can do to the level of proficiency that you're interested in attaining or interested in maintaining right yeah. and then saying i'm going to spend five minutes on it devoid of context going through the movement pattern just so that i just so that i'm giving it the maintenance that's required so that i can have fluency when it matters yeah right and there are certainly lots of areas in fencing and in music and in everything where that's like perfectly valid thing to do right right um but sort of what we what we hinted at already is that like we're assuming that it's maintenance and not yes attainment right mm -hmm. so if we're interested in attaining new skills right mm -hmm. Now, that's sort of, let's go back to games. Okay. So, so games as a, you know, so we, we, we talked about drilling. Um, and then we were going to talk about drilling versus sort of drilling. We actually do, do let's go back. So you Even said, further. yeah, you said drilling is often framed this way. Yes. We figured out what that was and we talked about like if we're going to frame it that way is there utility and we said yes for maintenance but, but for maintenance right limited. it's limited utility right yeah. so let's talk about drilling and then we'll get into games when it comes to attainment of new skills yeah 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 and then how would we frame drilling in that sense should you know we we already said we can't like that the program that is sort of normally what's normally sort of understood to be drilling is not the best for attainment of new skills the way that it's defined but then but then you're sort of implying that there's another way that you could define drilling yeah yeah and i mean because because when i say drill i i don't 
I don't actually mean the framing we've set up, right? right. So uh, let me see if I can do this. Let me see if I can do this. I would, when I say drill, when I think of drill, what I mean is there is a clear series of inputs of feeling from one known against another intended known that produces an intended result. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. That's it. That's all I mean. Right? And so, like, a drill can have its dials moved from, like, completely cooperative to or even you like better be doing the thing or it's not going to work period right, right, there's like right. no friendliness in it right mm -hmm. um it can you know the the dial of intensity can be anywhere the dial of uh uh, uh speed can be mm -hmm. anywhere uh you know and and that <clears throat> a good use of a drill that i might write out Coach Oberhaus, student Zornhaus, coach is soft, coach gets thrusted, right? Like that's that's a drill. But my God, if if you don't think there's a lot of feeling, distance, measure, etc., to play with inside that, like I would advise you to get imaginative, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. my God, even that is a hard drill. Well, uh, yeah. So, and and the thing is, when you're, um, so what I I like I like the framing. For me, uh, a good like I so so for me, I actually don't think it's a drill. I think it becomes a game if we don't have. Um, So okay, so we have uh, we have an op we have a sort of opening configuration, mm -hmm. and then we have a and then we have a stimulus, yeah, and then we have consequences. Okay, sure. so so for me for me I feel like if you don't if if any of those things are open ended. It's mm. not a drill anymore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and so, and so what do I mean by that? Right. So, um, if, if, if your if your training partner is, so let's say you're doing the drill that you just suggested. Sure. Right. Uh, and let's, let's just begin with, uh, an opening configuration of both fencers are um both both fencers are in in uh Vontag, right so sure. swords on swords on the shoulder up by the head right so okay um so if you throw if you can throw the cut out of range right 
then the drill is already more complex than we than we start you know than we started sure right so we need so so there we need to decide on a distance before we before you know what i'm saying like if you can throw the cut out of range now all of a sudden i'm not just drilling my ability to perceive hard and soft i'm, I'm drilling um i'm drilling my ability to perceive distance as well and so mm -hmm. and so like that should be that should be set up in the in the initial configuration right does uh -huh. that make sense so, oh yeah like, no 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 you're just stripping away uh uh areas of ambiguity right 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 exactly and i think that a good drill has uh has the the smallest number of the smallest degree of ambiguity right like the best drill has very clear stimulus very clear yeah. consequences yeah right um and then and then the other thing too is that like so drilling can be solo so it could be just i'm doing the sure. movement pattern um one of the problems with solo drilling is that it's hard to get consequence in solo drilling mm -hmm. right so like if you're supposed to thrust in a strong way and you don't have a training partner put a, put putting pressure on your sword mm -hmm. so that you can maintain your strength through your thrust um then it's hard to check to see whether or not you're thrusting strong enough right yeah. that your point is strong enough to not be displaced by a, by a, a a small action right mm -hmm. so like when you're doing the basic move, movement pattern there's no like there's just nothing that can be done you just have to do it until your body can kind of approximate what it looks like but eventually you do need a training partner to to say like let's check to make sure your thrust is strong right and then you start thrusting and i'm just applying minimal pressure on the middle of your sword and i'm and i'm stabbing you in the face in your own thrust it's like you're not thrusting strong enough you have to make sure that you're keeping your sword strong throughout the section um so yeah so okay so the drill needs to have clear clear stimulus right yeah and then a clear outcome that demonstrates uh we say uh the efficacy of that mm -hmm. right does that make sense so like yeah. if we're if we're going back to music it's like it's easy you play the chord does it sound like a bag of ass <laughs> because if it does <laughs> then you didn't do it right <laughs> right? right so and like, what did you do wrong and then you have to diagnose exactly exactly and that's the that's the important thing right yes. is that if you don't have consequences then there's no way to actually assess whether or not you're performing the thing well enough right right like imagine me trying to play my uke with like noise canceling earphones in and i can't hear what i'm doing like it would just be a it would literally just be a waste of time right like there's no there's no you need feedback yes right exactly um, so, so and i think this is why shade gets thrown at drilling yeah right now you're on it let's go well so like so the assumption with drilling is that there's no feedback yes right right well yes that cooperative means whatever you do you get to win yeah win being hit the coach usually right right, right. yeah
and th and that's the equivalent that's the equivalent of saying when we do cooperative drilling you're just going to put noise canceling headphones on and you just get to feel good about whatever chord you play play <laughs> right 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 and then and then of course you know because all things are best shown in their opposite right like then the idea the shade that gets thrown the other way is that an uncooperative drill or just sparring or whatever or a game is, we said we might we yeah we might say like uh, a game the way that i define yeah this wouldn't be the game as the opposite like the opposite would be you handed me a deliberately mistuned uke and then told me i had to find a way to make the chord work right 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 but that i couldn't tune the uke okay yeah, yeah i see i see right and if you got good enough you'd work it out you know mm -hmm. And of course, because certainly I've been in clubs that played that way. Right. So and they thought that was useful. And I don't yeah, find that useful. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's right. So um, so we might say, if we're thinking about. So another objection that we get to this sort of method of drilling. So, so we already, we've already established that drilling does not mean or cooperative, quote unquote, cooperative drilling. I don't even like that distinction. Like I, I for me, it's drilling in games and practice. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm with you, but like we had to like lay these out because they get brought up all the time. They do. They do. Right. So, so cooperative drilling must mean for it to be effective for like the way that we're both sort of framing this right now or defining it for cooperative drilling to be effective. The coach needs to provide the type of stimulus that poor performance will result in a negative consequence for the person doing the exercise, right? Like right. They'll, the, they will actualize uh, some kind of failure, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, if you don't put your glove down before the ball gets to you, the, the ball will go between your feet. Yeah. Right. It's right. Like you, like you have to, you have to have that. Right. Um, and okay. So this actually gets to, it's funny. Um, there was that video I shared with you a couple of weeks ago of the, uh, of the guy who did the, this thing. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did this last so, week. Yeah. We uh, did, right. And it's like, you need to, you need to like, how, what do you if you're not trying to do a thing then what are you doing right like right. You're, you're trying to do a thing and if you if it, it's just like whatever you do counts as a win then what is going on what do you what do we <laughs> right right so and uh, yes so we we have framed this that you are getting a consistent reasonable accurate as much as possible input from your partner right with regards to a specific variable that you're fucking with in your drill exactly. and that for a drill to be good you're trying to isolate very few probably one thing that's getting yes. fucked with yeah and so and then, and then we might you know we might say we might call that a target skill okay right yes so we might say like in our drill, we are targeting something. Right. If we're not targeting something, if we're not isolating for a specific variable, right, then right. we're are then that sort of gets back to my initial sort of discussion about like 
we need to have clear boundaries on this thing that we're doing. Otherwise, it's not a drill. We're in game territory. If we're not isolating for one variable, if we're isolating right. for, or if we're, yeah, if we're allowing for several um, dimensions to be fucked with and for us not to have a clear, like, on a piece of paper, these are the things, right? That's game. That's that's play, yeah. right? It's a different thing, which we're going to get to tremendous value in, right? right? But it's a different thing. Right. 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 Um, okay. So, so then the other thing that gets the brought up is that, well, that's not that might not be effective for the coach. So when I, when I, so when I say coach student, all of my, all of my students, uh, and any, any place that I do any kind of training, uh, all of my paired partners have a coach student relationship that yes. rotates back and forth and there's no yes. seniority or a level of ability. None of that factors in, right? Same, same. Okay. The only uh, yeah, prerequisite we're using this to differentiate roles in the drill because there are clear roles in the drill. Um, right. And neither coach nor student are ignorant. Exactly. Now there is there there is a, a there is a degree to which a coach may be limited in terms of what they can perform. And so in those cases, we don't strip them of the role, right? We don't say like, okay, right. you can't be the coach anymore because you can't you can't uh, effectively uh, give this stimulus or perform the mm -hmm. action that creates the stimulus. Um, it just means that we have to either train you up to be able to do that. Right. So yeah. then we reverse the roles for long enough for them to get trained up, to be able to do that. Right. right. Or we just say, I, well, the only thing I want you to do is something that you can do. And I'm just, right. and I'll just train that because I can get utility out of that too. Right. So like, <clears throat> whatever you do, if you just, if you're, if the only thing that you're capable of doing is standing there with your, sword by your side and walk and take a step forward. If that's all you can do, then that's what, then I'll that's use what you we're for working that. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. No, um, I, yeah. I, and, and I don't think, I mean, listen, I know you and I are on the same page on this, but like, uh, uh, there is not too, there's no such thing as too fundamental of a drill for me. That's, sure. that's it. Like, sure. I, exactly. You're like, oh no, we're just throwing overhouse. I've been like, I've only done this for 20 years. I need a few more. Hell yeah. Let's right. do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause I bet exactly. I can get it better if I shut my mind right. up and work on it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, anyways, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so we say, so there's a coach student, um, coach student. the, the problem, the problem with that paradigm is that the coach is actually training behavior, developing their skills in behaviors that will result in poor performance on their part in practice. I don't believe that. Tell me why. Well, because, and, and I said this intentionally and on purpose, neither one of those coach or student is ignorant. They are both doing highly intelligent things. So even that same drill, Oberhau, Zornhau, 
you've got to throw your thrust against soft pressure, but in such a way that you don't weaken yourself. Great. Perfect. Yes. So all the coach is doing, all the coach is doing is being soft and yet riding with that thrust. Right. In order for me in the coach role, when I am fencing someone where I'm not trying to be soft, but I get the same feel, I know where I am Mm -hmm. because soft hard isn't, uh, it's not isolatable out of the relationship that you have with a fencing partner. So there's a, there's a fluency, right? There's a fluency. Um, So when I know how to, when, when you know, know how to create a feel, you can create that feel. Exactly. And you can recognize that feel. And, and you can choose better. not to. You can choose not to. Yes. Right? So yes. you're you're gaining a flu you're gaining a fluency in the, in this language so that you know how to speak it when it's appropriate. Yes. Um yes. and it doesn't and it doesn't mean that you're condemning yourself to make that choice. No. There is no such thing as muscle memory. There yeah. I, I mean I think we've all figured that out, but like, to be clear, <laughs> right. you are always in the driver's seat of what you do. Mm-hmm. Your body does and not take over and do shit for you unless you opt out. Right. Well, and the other thing too, is that like the more reps that you have in anything, Right. The more the more fluency you have in anything, the more equipped you are to either choose to or not to do it. Right. Right. So like so the coach, there's there's another there's another thing that I want to bring up too, which I like so everything that you said so far, I'm a thousand percent here for, right? Okay. Like, yeah. You're only I mean, just you gonna have get to better. be, but I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> you're only just gonna get better by doing the wrong thing, right? Like you're only just gonna get better. Because you're going to have a clearer picture at the end of the day. You're going to be like, okay, I understand that stimulus, right? Like if right. I, and then when you're fencing, you're like, well, I can't do that because if I do that, they're going to thrust me in the face because of the nature of this configuration. And I know that this pressure leads towards this outcome if they're paying attention. But the other thing yes. too, and this is the more, this is not, not the more important thing. Cause this is, cause both of them are super highly, highly important in terms of our practice, but like what we're doing is a contest, right? What we're, what we're, what we're training for the application, the ultimate application of, of all of this training is contest, uh, in train and, uh, uh, fencing with, uh, with a training partner. Right. Right. And it's, and it's, there are, there are three aspects of any kind of contest in, in, in game form that are worth talking about. So number one, there's execution, your your physical competency to perform various tasks within the game, right? right. And then there's the knowledge. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so the knowledge is knowing what action to choose based on the various circumstances that you, of your environment. So the, the very stimulus you receive Right? right, your ability to your ability to perform the right action, the right action, yeah. according to the right stimulus. 
and yeah. time and rhythm with feeling, etc. right? At the appropriate right. intensity. Mm -hmm. So if we assume perfect knowledge and execution on behalf of both contestants, right? Okay. Yeah. Then, then the invariable outcome of any fencing battle, right? If we assume perfect knowledge and perfect execution on, on, on the part of both contestants, the right. invariable outcome is what? Well, it would seem to me if that, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what you're framing, but it would seem to me that they would fence for six hours and then stop an exhaustion with no hits being scored. Right. So, so the, so perfect knowledge and perfect execution necessitate a stalemate, right? Right. Because, because neither fencer is like, I'm going to give you, like, I'm going to begin to create an advantage and with, and you know, with feeling yeah. you're going to work in this to mitigate that advantage. But yeah. if you try and use that moment to create your own advantage, then I'm going to, with feeling, work in this to mitigate right. your advantage. And it's going right. to go that way until and there's we... some Princess Bride shit in here, and we can see you <laughs> the Pharaoh. And uh, right. I also fence left handed. And right. here we are. But, right. But the bottom line is, right, we're assuming, we're assuming perfect knowledge and perfect execution. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say, here's what I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say that that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that, right? I think that's realistic, right? There are lots of games in which that is realistic. Sure. There are lots sure. of games and there are lots of games in which that is realistic. But um, but there's another dimension to games, especially games that happen um, sort of in uh And, and okay, so in the game of fencing, right? We can we can perform things. We can perform things before. Um, we can we can we can begin to perform our action before we get the required stimulus that it, uh, to determine whether or not it's the appropriate action. Yeah. Okay. So, so what I mean is, uh, if, if you give me a stimulus and I respond perfectly, I'm yeah. going to mitigate, I'm going to mitigate your, your advantage, right? right. But I'm not going to gain my own advantage. Right. Right. But if I can predict your action, right, yeah. I can begin my work early. Yeah. And I can take my advantage that way. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so there's a sense in which if we assume perfect knowledge and perfect execution, that the game doesn't necessarily result in a stalemate. But what happens is we begin to play mind games with each other. Yes. Right. We, and so the, the, the third level of, or the third dimension of this sort of game is interaction. The way, the way that my behavior influences your future choices. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, I'm with you. So if I can create a situation where my behavior influences your future choices in a way that's predictable enough for me. Right. 
to use that information to create advantage, then even if we assume perfect knowledge and perfect execution, we can have a winner. Uh, right, exactly. And, and I mean, this is more or less where the where the world of faints live, right? And this is why faints are no fucking good against a beginner. Right, right. Because they can't, they're not trying to foresee into your right. future action. Right. Because they don't have enough knowledge to do that yet. Because they don't have enough knowledge to do that. Right. Exactly. And to be perfectly honest, the execution to be able to do anything with that. Knowledge. Well, that, right? that too. <laughs> right? So, but no, but that, right. So like, so yes. So, so, so now let's talk about the coach and what they're developing, right. In those moments. Right. Now you're here. Yeah. Right. So they're developing their ability to create stimuli for their training uh -huh. partner in a way that they understand how the training partner is going to respond so they yeah. could use that information to choose a course of action that may otherwise be unsuccessful right like they could like so for instance i could give you so i could give you strong pressure yeah. on the strong of your sword right yeah so which which is going, which is winding pressure, right? Or uh, sure. it's essentially, it's it's insufficiently strong pressure. So I would just call it weak pressure uh, on the strong of your sword. Um, and so uh, you, or, you know, maybe on the middle or whatever, but the bottom line is I can create the stimulus that I know you're going to wind against. Right? I, because I, I have to, otherwise you're just going to hit me. Right. Uh, but the thing is, I can I can do it in such a way that leaves me enough bandwidth, yeah, to respond against your winding with some kind yes. of counterwind. You're already right? there because you knew it would because have I, to exactly. It would have to follow, just so, right? right? I mean, this is this is the center of Lichtenauer's art is constrainment, swinging, right? Constrain their options, right? Why? Not because it doesn't mean they can't hurt you, because he's very clear they can always hurt you, right? It's so that you can get ahead right? in the prediction right. train. <laughs> right, right. So initially, like at the most basic level, you shouldn't be trying to get ahead, right? No, because, no, no, no. Because your training partner might not know, it might not know to wind, right? Like, you don't, you don't know what your training partner knows. Right. Um, but... If you're interested in winning at the highest level, if you're interested in winning the bout with a training partner at the, at the highest level or the highest degree of competency in such a way that we assume perfect knowledge and execution, then the right. only way that you get to win is by creating conditions that give you a better ability to predict the future. Right. right? Which means, in part, like for this scenario... If, if I'm coaching you, James, and I give you winding pressure and our drill is I'm giving you winding pressure. And if you wind properly, you hit me. I get to experience 500 times of the entire feeling of the wind happening to me, Yeah. which means eventually I can start noticing where exactly during the feeling of this very complex motion where mm -hmm. exactly in this is that fuzzy place where i can grab it and counterwind yeah because if you yeah. go too early you're fucked if you go too late you're fucked 
There's only one place. Or if you give, yeah, if you give, if you give too much pressure too quickly, you're fucked. Or if you give the pressure at the wrong part of the sword, you're fucked. Right? Like yeah. all of that. Right? Yes. And so it lets it lets you as the coach feel the thing you're gonna counter someday. Right. You're not doing right. it right now. You're just experiencing it. You're just taking it in. Right. Right. So if you are coaching well, you are learning so so much about high level fencing right yeah no like exactly exactly yes exactly you're you're um you're developing or that fluency you're developing that you fluency. have the potential and, to do that right yeah and and the thing is like and you're also just opening the door for that right like that's the other thing too is that you know if we think about if we think about drilling that we sort of relegate drilling to the the framing that we started with, or we think about fencing as sort of the achieving your own goal, right? Without, without conceiving or without considering that your behavior has the, uh, has the power to influences your training partner's future choices, right? Uh -huh. Then you're never actually fencing. You're never fencing, right? Fencing is a, like, you're, you're just like, you're spending all of your time just like learning how to move the pieces on the chessboard, right? Like how many yeah. times do you need to move the knight in an L shape before you get it? Like, okay, got it. Knight moves in an L shape. I'm ready to, I'm ready to move on. The goal is the goal is to as quickly as possible, get you to a place where you're interacting and you can experience what it is to behave away and see how your opponent responds. Yeah. Right. So it's not just chaos. You're not just you're not just behaving against something that you have no power over. Right. 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 Um, and like at and if 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 you're in a, a game where there are a myriad of variables that are all mm -hmm. getting dialed all over the place all the time, because of course people are people are competing. You know, right. the in a game, there's a winner and a loser, right? And right. so people are fucking with all the variables to try to to try to achieve whatever the goal is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it 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 makes it hard to distinguish the relevant variables and the relevant feels from the noise of all of the things, right? Mm -hmm. And at some point you might have a competence to where that isn't noise anymore, right? Or you, you could or know. you could limit you could limit the nature of the game, right? So like sure. so let's talk yeah. a little bit because we we you know we haven't been we haven't we've really just been trying to empower drilling, right? Through right. Yeah, we have I mean games might have to be the next one. This just might be drilling, I don't know. I mean, so like I I see a tremendous amount of value in games. For right? sure. Um and so, and I, I don't know, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe it's too late to get into, um, cause I, I was just gonna, I mean, I guess I was just gonna start the conversation with regards to games. I'm reminded of a, I'm reminded of an anecdote that I read in a book called the top code, which we're going to do where we should do something on at some point. A book club on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a discussion of how this, this small town 
ended up producing like a high so there are these you know the the beginning the opening gambit of this book the talent code is this idea that there are these talent hotbeds right okay so like it, talent can't be it can't be just something that um that you are born with or whatever or that you're genetically predisposed to because right sure there are places that you can go where literally every single person has like an immense amount of talent right so like okay so how you know how is that true and one of the one of the uh examples that he cites is a i think it was brazil um or, or some some place in south or central america where there <laughs> was this game there was there there's a talent hotbed of soccer players okay um and but there was a game that they played that was essentially indoor soccer. Okay. Right. Um, and it was, it was very different from regular soccer. Like the game yeah. was radically different. Um, but what, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, the people that came from this area all had incredible talent in one or two dimensions that were sufficient. Their talent, was so powerful that it was sufficient to give them a net advantage just against the competition otherwise. Sure. And so there was a there was a, a group in England or like a club in England or like some kind of youth club or whatever, where the coach was like, we're going to start playing this game. We're just going to play this game as a basic, like the, this is a basic thing that we do every day or whatever. Like we're going to play this sort of indoor soccer game that's not exactly soccer or whatever. And he watched as his as his students grew in competency across sure. these dimensions, right? Um, and so and so, like the uh, the the moral of that part of the story was the idea that like what this game provided was the ability to work on your chops contextually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, so it, it wasn't soccer. But everyone got more touches because it was indoor soccer. And so the playing field was a lot smaller. And so everyone had an opportunity to be dribbling the ball against a partner. Yeah. More often. Right. Right. And so like that's sort of where I'm where my head is at with games. Right. Yeah. So like what a game can do is, is it can isolate for for a smaller set of skills and teach you um to apply proficiencies that you have in a way that sort of more i don't know how to put it uh um, does that make sense i don't know let, let, i'll let you concentrated is that kind of what well so it's concentrated but it's also it's like with fuel and indes yes. right like more more closely approximates the environment but um, still isn't the environment crucially. but it isn't the environment right it isolates for particular dimensions of skill that are applicable or that you know have application in the environment right right like i'm thinking about like oftentimes we'll play a, we'll play like a warm-up game 
of like uh, grip grip fighting, right? Wrestling grip fighting where you're you're trying to touch the opposite person's like knee or something, right? Like sure. whatever. You're just right. trying to touch the knee and they're trying right. to stop you. And like, right. that's all we're doing, right? right. And so and, what are you learning? And like, what are you learning in that game, right? You're learning distance. You're learning yeah. movement. You're learning fueling, right? Because you're fainting and you're using, you're working in uh, yes. in those moments, right? Like if you right. just reach out and grab the knee, they're going to pull their knee away. So you have to do something else, right? Um, yeah. Exactly. And they tend to pull the knee away in a predictable manner. And you can start to predict that after you've done enough. And then you can start to use that to your advantage. And exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Right. So, so like, and this is, and this gets into play. And I, and so I guess we really should just do games next week. Um, Let's do games next week. So, yeah. Because there, there are a tremendous amount of games and, and really like what I want to, you know, we can talk about play. So there's a difference between, um, so when we're drilling, we're sort of, I think the way that we've established this here is that we're trying to remove, at least at, at, at the most basic level, we're trying to move as much play from it as possible, right? It's like, I'm doing a thing. If I don't do it well, I'm, I'm, it's not going to work. It will fail. So <laughs> it will fail. It has to, it has to fail. If there's no consequence, it's not useful at all. Right. Right. Um, okay. Ooh. Let's talk real quick about this though. And we already mentioned it, but should you drill something without consequence initially, right? So like. Uh, well, and so I was thinking we would get more into this in the games discussion next week, but um, I think I think one thing that is is needs to be highlighted is people's internal um, tendencies towards motivation. Some mm -hmm. people are highly motivated to win the moment they're told they could win or lose. Mm -hmm. That turns them on and makes them, uh, we'll say, study what they're doing in in a, a higher fashion or a better fashion. Mm -hmm. um, some people find that to be threatening in a way that turns them down yeah right yeah. and so and, and games games are easy but i think that's also true in drilling some yeah. people are not turned on because there isn't a win sure well and then also like some people would some people might get like overwhelmed by even the small even what we would consider like to be the most basic thing right Correct. Like, so for some people, like the consequence, you have to turn it all the way down and because that's they're a the toddler. Thing. That's the thing. So like, and that's kind of where I wanted to get to. It's not that we say there's no consequence, right? It's That's correct. not what we're saying. There right? has to be a consequence. There but... has to be a consequence. But the thing, because otherwise it's like, like, exactly, exactly. If we're just being as logical about this as we can, there right. is always a consequence, but we right. can just turn it so far down. Like yes. for me, coaching you right now, the consequence is you move your foot. If you can move your foot, I'm calling that a win, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, and like, yeah, that's assuming like, incredibly low proficiency in all of the things that we're doing. But if that's where we're at, then that's what we're doing. Like, 
it's okay to say like, and I don't even have to tell you that, right? As a coach, I can be like, no, I just want to see you move your foot. Like if we can get you moving your foot every time or moving the right foot in the right direction, maybe that's leveling it up a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But I mean, to be perfectly honest, that's a thing that can be a struggle with, with some, some higher level fencers. Absolutely. It can be right. Absolutely, and so, it can be. and so when we're, when we're drilling, we always have some consequence, yes. right? Always have some consequence, but it doesn't need to be the whole, uh, like the, it doesn't need to be the consequence that is Physically well, so or it, emotionally it, catastrophic. It, it doesn't exactly. have to be. Exactly. It doesn't have to be the street consequence. Well, and the thing is, and that's kind of where, that's what I was getting to. Like, I was thinking about like the fencing bout. Yeah. It necessarily can't be that, right? Like that's what a drill is. Is it, a, a drill is we're removing aspects of the practice so that we can isolate for can, like, developing the ability to perform an action or whatever so like so it so we're always 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 stripping the particular skill from all of its relevant context yes right until until it says like okay you've learned to do the skill every conceivable way up until performing it in practice and so now the only thing left is just to go perform it in practice, right? Right. You know, so for instance, we might take rock climbing, right? Sure. So what's the skill? Give me a skill. Uh, drop me. Sure. Okay. So what's, uh, what's the most basic level? Like what's the most basic competency required for you to even begin to... Uh, well, I mean, basic is you you would have to have like the physical flexibility to even do it. So stop there, right? So now right. we're going to train. We're just going to train flexibility. We're not even going to a wall. We're not even thinking. We're going to go to your living room and lay down and stretch out whatever freaking thing right. you need to stretch out. Right? Yeah. See if like, you can chicken wing your leg. If you can't chicken wing your leg, you you, you got to work on that. <laughs> yeah. And then, and when, and even as like, there's doing it passively. So like someone else stretching you out, right. Yeah. Or statically. And then there's doing dynamically where you're stretching yourself out. Right. Right. All, all of those things need to be developed now, or you could just be born with that flexibility. Right. right. Great. We move further along the process. Right. And you got to know when to do it and when it is beneficial to you to do it. And when it isn't, Right. And how your foot has to be positioned to be able to do it. Yeah, there's so so many things. This right. is something right. I'm just kind of figuring out its utility, by the way. So <laughs> sure. That's why well, I but the bottom line is, the bottom line is, like, eventually, it's like, okay, we went through all the various permutations. We've we've gone from your living room, where someone is just, like, physically pulling your leg into position, to yeah. where you can move your own leg into position while you're standing up against your own wall or whatever, right. to we're on a wall. And we're looking at these particular holds and we're saying like, okay, that right there is where you're going to do it, right? right? So you have to get there and then do it because you're going to find that you can't, <laughs> right? Because it's a right. new thing in a new context. And then eventually it's like, okay, we're on Red Rocks. 
Yeah. And you've got to determine in that moment what's appropriate. And it's that skill. You got to see it, you got to perform it. Yep. And you got to get yourself out of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And then you can say, like, okay, I can do that now. But the beauty of it is if you've gone through that whole process, right? Like you've you've taken it step by step and you've worked it out to, you know, did every degree of of skill development then you just know, like, you don't need to like, be proud of yourself. You won't be proud of yourself. Yeah. Right. You were like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can do that. I spent the last yeah. six months working on it. Of course I did. <laughs> of right. course I, did I prepared that. for it. So I did it, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you'll be like, that's kind of cool. And, but like, that's the level of your reward. Right. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay. Right. So game, so games next week. Games next week. Uh, good games, emotional consequence of games. Uh, what else do we say about it? Benefits, benefits. Uh, well, so yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll get more into like isolating dimensions of skill, right? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we'll talk about winning and losing, and, and yeah. how and like what that does to people emotionally. We'll talk about in interaction, how games help can help develop our skills in the dimension of interaction, right? So like right. what we were talking about predictable before is like yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a fluency of there's a fluency of the stimulus and the and the consequence and yeah. and the various conditions. But then there's also skills in the dimension of applying interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So like we, we can we can get into all of that. I love it. I love it. All That's right. amazing. All right. all right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.